The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 104 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati at Chalati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And unfortunately, due to some scheduling conflicts, Chris Chung at Prime LOL is not going to be able to join us tonight, but hopefully he will be back next week. So, got an MSI show. Almost entirely MSI, and then we're going to do one listener question. So this should be, you know, on the briefer side relative to Gold Card Podcasts. But uh, lots to talk about with MSI specifically. Uh, I didn't want to um, – do you want to do, like, this listener question first, and then we'll recap? I think that makes sure. no sense. That way we don't disrupt things. So we got a pretty interesting listener question from Big Kev uh, of Twitch chat and Esports Department Discord fame. Uh, he asks – I actually really like this question because I think there's a – a bunch of wrinkles to it. He says, I've seen a couple of pros complaining about there being a huge pat or a patch and a huge game changing one at that in the middle of MSI. Is there going to be a negative effect to practice with the jungle being completely different in solo queue than on stage? So there's a couple different layers to this. Uh, the, the first is that the scrim metagame isn't always necessarily the solo queue metagame. Like, it doesn't really behoove these teams, or it doesn't benefit these teams to be playing new solo queue stuff in their scrims when they're going to be playing on an old patch live. So the vast majority of the playing these players are doing is still scrims. Like it's it's more it's probably more than half their practice. All the solo queue people do is basically just for hands. It's just to stay warm, just to keep your chops up. It's uh you know, in a time like this, it's less for experimenting than it would be during like a regular season, where you could use it as time to, you know, maybe try out a new pick for next patch. You could tell your coach and be like, "Hey, this has been doing pretty well for me," or this, you know, this player that I respect has been doing really well with it. Uh, I don't think during this tournament it's going to have that negative effect on things, as solo queue for the most part is basically just like going to the gym for these guys. So, not not that it doesn't have an effect, uh, especially if it's a big change like this. It can kind of mess with the feel for things, but for the most part, I think. Uh, I mean, the XP changes like th- th- this kind of stuff could be a big deal. Like maybe it is disruptive. Then I'm get more disruptive than I'm giving it credit for, but I don't think it's going to change the the meta game of the tournament or anything like that. So, I have like an add on question to this question that goes with it. Um, how how much do you think we might be overrating like the professionalism of like orgs and coaching like? As we or, and especially when it comes to like champion picks, because we we've complained a number of times about like coaches not picking champions that we think are good or compositions that we think are good. But I've also like this is piggybacking specifically off of the Zed pick at MSI. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the chatter around that, but he said like he hadn't played played Zed like one time in the last three months, and he just decided to bust it out in champ select. And his his teammates were like, I don't think it's going to be any good. And he's like, Nah, get me Zed. But I've heard that story, like similar stories to that, like at least five or six times, even in the major regions where someone was just like, oh, I hadn't been practicing 
trundle at all, but we just decided to just bust out the trundle. Like, do you, how do you, do you think maybe we're overrating the professionalism of some of these coaching staffs if that kind of stuff is happening? Should you ever really just be busting out trundle when you haven't practiced it in three months because you think it kind of fits your composition? I don't know. Uh, I think this depends on the player and the coaches. But, like, generally, like, yeah, I, I think we may be overrating it, but I do think there's situations where, like, you know, if you're in, like, a nothing-to-lose situation, like, you're a big underdog like that, and you your best player is, like, you you know, let me try this, it works. Or, like, maybe it'll work. Like, you're going to be hard-pressed to tell the guy no. And you'll notice with, like, some teams and some orgs and some leagues, that doesn't happen very often, right? Like, that doesn't happen in the LCK. No, yeah, I think you're not, right about I'm, that. Like, I'm not trying to, like, put it up on a pedestal, but just, like, if there's one thing you want to give the LCK, it's how they carry things. Like, if you want to talk professionalism and, like, how the orgs carry themselves and how the coaching staffs and management and everything handles things, that they're the gold standard, right? Like, just, you know, whether it wins or not, you can make that argument, whether you think it's optimal or not, whatever. Like, that's a whole separate discussion. But if you want to talk about, like, how orgs and coaches and players carry themselves, like, true professionalism or whatever, I think that's the gold standard. And you almost never hear that kind of stuff happening there. Like, every once in a blue moon, you will, right? But I do think, like, this is kind of the hallmark of good coaches too. You see this in traditional sports too. Like sometimes it's sometimes it's not about the optimal play. Sometimes you have a Michael Jordan or you just have a stud player and they're just like, give me the rock. Right. <laughs> and, and you have to kind of use your judgment to be like, you know, is this the time for that? Is this, you know, do I let this person let loose on this or is this going to backfire? I will say the other thing here is you almost never hear about the times when this doesn't work out. Like, that's the other side of this, so it's kind of like, uh, oh, what do they call that? Uh, you're only hearing one side of the story. Survivorship never... bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never, you're never hearing, you're never hearing the other side of it when, when people do that and it doesn't work and the player just gets reamed out or the coach gets reamed out and, like, the public never hears about it. So, that is an interesting, I don't know. Josh, do you have anything on this? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I do think it's kind of unfair, uh, from a player's perspective. To have like these big kind of jungle shift or shifts in the jungle, yeah, uh, meta shifts, I think is really just like, I don't know, I, I think it's a bad look. Um, myself, I think it's kind of a lane that Riot does stuff like this. I understand that, I mean, at the, at the very least, at least it's you know, uh, it's MSI, right? Instead of it being like before worlds, too, like super you know, consequential, like, yeah, I mean, it so, is. it's not, it's not like it isn't like there's money. Yeah. There's world spots on the line here, but right. But yeah, so that's, I mean, that's my only real is like the only real positive I can find in it. I think is, you know, at least it's not worlds. Yeah. Um, and so there's, you know, at least a little bit of solace to be taken in that fact, I think. Yeah. I, I, do yeah, think... I mean, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. The most like, egregious one was the what do they call them the juggernaut buffs or whatever before worlds that one year when they made darius and all those guys like a super Kaiser. absurdly good right before Worlds started and completely changed everything yeah i think like looking at it from their perspective too like when there's not a particularly great time like once the season starts there's really not a great time to do it so like yeah no and, and that makes sense too and like i i think i think it's easy to like kind of forget about that side of you know, Riot's trying to keep their game entertaining and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely easy to forget that, but also, like, there's probably better ways to do that. 
too. So like, I, I don't feel that bad for them. Like they could do it in the off season, for example. Um, I also don't know if they're scrimming on live or on like a tournament realm. Like yeah, if the teams I, are scrimming on like the old patch realm or whatever, that's then, oh well they then, are then, then none they, of this shit matters. So well they for sure are, but I still think I don't think that means none of it matters. Actually, I shouldn't say none of it matters. I think it matters less if they're not trying to square peg round hole old old meta on a new patch when in scrims because that could be weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's I think that's a fair statement. I do, I do think it's still kind of like the fact that. It is disruptive. Because no, you, you can only scrim so many hours a day. So, like, mm-hmm. you have to get a certain level of practice in solo queue. Um, and I think it's kind of lame that they're, you know, they kind of ruined that capability by by doing things like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I don't want to I don't want to ignore. Like, it's definitely disruptive. But yeah. I think it, this is one of those things where it's like there's nothing going on, so people are going to point to it, and it could be made a bigger deal than I think it is. Like, Sure. Realistically, like solo queue is essentially, you know, going to the gym or you know sh- practicing free throws at your home gym or whatever, or like working with a personal trainer or whatever. Like that's what this is to these guys, mm-hmm. right? Like at the high end, it does matter, and like these things make an impact. But generally speaking, like that's that's what this is to people. So that's why you see certain players. I mean, you see this in traditional sports too. If someone just comes into camp in great shape, you know, sometimes that does mean something. It is an indicator, and sometimes it, you know, doesn't mean anything. But like, you know, like Canyon, right? Canyon got rank one in what fourteen days or whatever auto filling. So like, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, I don't know. He's nutty, but uh, yeah, I think that was a good question though, Kev. Thank you for the question. Um, we are running low on listener questions. I have like a, I have like a file here with like all the all different like listener questions. We are running a little bit low, so feel free to send those to us. Even if you know we don't ask for them, like we'll always answer listener questions. And if we don't get to them that specific show, we will at some point. Um, we could put them on ice for a later time. So feel free to always ask listener questions. So, oh, Josh left the meeting. Hopefully he's all right. He's gonna hop in. Um, there he goes. So, there's a lot of news happening right now, but a lot of it's speculation, so we're not going to touch on any of that for this show. Uh, we'll have some time in between this after MSI in between the seasons to talk about all the roster moves and rumors and Hot Stove Season 3.0 or whatever, right? A um, couple big ones floating around, though. But for this podcast, we're just going to talk about MSI. We're just going to talk about, uh, you know, this tournament. And so far... You know, I think a good mix of unexpected and expected, right? Like, like unexpected, like unexpected more in how things went down than the actual like final results. Maybe there's one really surprising final result, but um, I figured we'll just go through group by group and and we'll uh, just break down thoughts and opinions on the players and everything. Group A. We kind of saw this much coming, right? RNG were just going to steamroll this group, like they and they did. There was no, there was no question. There was never a doubt. But yeah, I kind of was hoping they'd lose a game in there somewhere. Yeah, but, uh, no, no game losses. But they didn't, and uh, yeah, they were you know really decided. Like I don't even think any of those games were even close either. Yeah, not even remotely. <laughs> like I think really. there was one of them where they like almost screwed it up, just clowning around. But like they they not they were never really in doubt in any of these games. So, uh. We kind of saw that part coming because I, I think of the three groups, this was the weakest besides RNG, right? 
Like, I know people were high. Like, I wasn't as high on unicorns as everyone else, but even the people that were high on unicorns could look at this group and be like, eh, this is probably the weakest one, right? Yeah, this this always felt like a super weak group. But, pensinet.gg getting out of the group. It's... Pretty cool story, man. Like, the the Oceanics, uh, the, the um, OPL dissolves, mostly because of the, the, the ownership. Like the the company that was running it was was uh, dissolved essentially. Uh, I think ESL picked it up, rebranded it as the LCO, got some of their talent taken in other regions. This team, this league had like this this region had shown pretty well internationally over the last like three years. Like looked like they were on the come up, right? And I think a lot of us had doubts about. You know, maybe the talent getting drained, maybe the league restructuring just like mix things up a little bit too much. But I thought this team, this team did what you want to see underdogs do. They played like they had nothing to lose. They didn't give a shit. They took fights, and they, I mean, look, they definitely stole a cup. Like honestly, I I think you could argue the the first game was definitely a stolen game. But uh, that's what you want to see from your underdogs: let loose, live a little. These guys like carried it. They were memeing. They were laughing. They were having a good time. They were super loose. That's what you want to be when you're in this position. You got nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose as a huge underdog like this. That's how you carry it. Yeah. You got to be excited for Oceania getting yeah. out of the groups for the first time. At the same time, I think it, the Unicorns of Love did not look very good in this I tournament. Agree. I, I think Pentanet also did not look very good, but they, they, you know, they get out when the other team is also not looking very good. And unfortunately, they're probably in for an O10. Yeah. I really am thinking we're going to see a straight O10 from yeah, I, in the, in the Rumble stage. So it's not not probably going to continue to be super exciting. I don't think it's the kind of underdog story where, like, maybe they could make the playoffs. Like, I think that's pretty much a 0% chance. Yeah. But uh, it was cool to see them get out. Uh, it would have been. I think it would have been really cool to see this happen at Worlds, to see them make the main stage at Worlds. I'd like to see that sometime, but... Yeah, I felt more to me like Unicorns of Love just looking really bad, more so than Pentanet looking better than I expected, but it's still cool for Oceania. Interesting uh, interesting question in the chat uh, from Kev. He says, uh, do you think Pentanet would have got out if Gigabyte Marines was there? Or Gam Esports, sorry. They're not Gigabyte Marines anymore. Uh, I have a take here. Yeah, One, I don't think so. Two, I also think people... I, I know we, I talked about this with Kevin slightly, but I, I, I don't know if what you guys have been seeing, what your thoughts are, but it feels to me like a lot of the coverage has been talking about how like RNG has been destroying everyone and damn one sucks now. Um, and maybe I'm just in a small circle and seeing these takes, but uh, I think if gigabytes in there, I don't think like, I don't think that the same take is being spewed as much just because I think it's frankly, it's harder to prepare for three teams than two. Yeah. Like it might not so, have anything to do with the level of the team either. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't even, it's just another body, right? Like another yeah. warm body and, and they don't even have to lose. Like, it's not that they would necessarily saying RNG would have lost any more games, but I think that the, the, the group feels a little bit more competitive if it's not just three teams. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So like in terms of the Pentanet getting out, I don't know. It's, it, it's hard to think about how that variable would have played out. Um, Cause you know, it, it works the other way for Pentanet as well. Like maybe Pentanet just was like, Hey, all we have to do is solve unicorns. If we can beat unicorns, then you know that's all we need to focus on. So maybe they just did that, and unicorns was trying to knock off some up RNG for some godforsaken reason, yeah, um, and just took it for granted. Uh, so yeah, I mean maybe maybe adding the team would have made it harder for Pentanet to get out. But 
I, I do think that this group looks a little bit different, and it, and it feels bad for the Vietnamese representatives to not get to represent in yeah. general as well. Yeah. Good question, though. Um, group B. I forget which one Group B was now. <laughs> Mad Lions. Talon. Oh, so Mad Lions, Talon, Pain Gaming, and the Wildcats. Um, I got to talk about the Wildcats real quick yeah. while we move on to this group. Yeah, go ahead. Man, this is a team that just needs some very specific coaching. There were some things I thought the Wildcats did really well in this tournament. Like, they got early game leads a lot against just about everybody. So the holy they got leads. The bottom lane was great. In oh, they were, the bottom lane was great. They got leads in the early game. They had no clue what to do in the mid game. Every yeah. single Wildcats game was like, they get a 3,000 gold lead with two dragons, and then they just piddle around the map, and like five, like 10 minutes later, they're down by 2,000 yeah. gold, and it's nothing's even happened. It's how they lost to pain. Both times. Like, like the almost first, the first game goal. throw, I was so tilted from that because I had pretty big exposure on them that day. Me too. Uh, but I was just blown. I have never, I don't know if I've ever seen a team in an international tournament that was so clueless at what to do in the mid game. Because I, I feel so bad for them because they, these were like, they probably had four games that were winnable. Yeah. Like very, like very winnable games in this thing. And they just mm-hmm. threw over and over and over again against everybody. So, yeah, and it wasn't always a draft, like a scaling difference either. Like they just looked. Oh yeah. They didn't, didn't matter. To, the it looked like they didn't know how to put just... the foot on the pedal, which is so yeah. weird because like they were an aggressive team. They just looked like, they looked like the dog that caught a car and didn't know what to do with it once they did. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> like that's a... they would get a Baron and then they would take like one turret and get nothing else. And the other team would get a Baron and it would just be like a 10,000 gold yeah. lead immediately. Like they would just take the entire map and wildcats would just be floundering. They around had, they had really, really poor wave management, which is kind it of was... subtle. Like, yeah, like that's how that happens by the way. Like if you're not setting your way, like it looks like stupid when people get caught clear, like shoving a wave like that. That is maybe the most, that's like one of the most polarizing things that I can't stand when people rail on players for it. Right. Like, you go to clear a side wave, maybe they, like, catch you in transition or something, and, like, you lose a game off that. People always like, why are you even going to do that? The reason they're going to do that is because if that wave is turned around and you get a Baron buff off of it, you can ride that wave and take two inhibitors instead of one tower, right? That That's the kind of, like, subtle, like, setup kind of stuff that it looks bad when you get caught going to do it because you're like, that's stupid. You don't need to do that to win the game, but you aren't maximizing your advantages when you do get like a Baron or an Elder Drake or a Soul or something like that. Or if you just get like two kills on something. If your waves are never in a good spot, you're not getting anything off of a one fight. So, you know, it's one of those boring parts of the game that people don't it's not sexy, but uh that that honestly that was a big reason why they they, they would get Barons. They would get they would win fights and then they would just be stymied by their own wave management a lot of the time. It wasn't in every case, but yeah, low I, key. The, the the other frustrating thing about that is it felt like they had tilt. Oh yeah, because I, oh, I know yeah. you talk about this a lot, but like their player cams, like so. There, there's two comments here. One, I think Holy Phoenix made a case to be considered amongst one of the. You know, we had the question a week ago: who's the best ADC at this tournament? I he mean, really he, good in this tournament. He played very, very well. I don't know if I'd say he was the best, but man, he I was. Made, I mean, he if he there was a sleeper into a job somewhere. Yeah, if there was a sleeper, it was him. I mean, he popped off like game after game. Old guys but, popped man. off. BRTT did too. <laughs> Although yeah, it was but, less about but him. But man, when he died or his team threw and you saw his player cam or the replay of his reaction, like <laughs> he was, was the he, meme, dude. He was he was constantly just like, like yeah. you know what I mean. Had yeah. an answer, and, and like 
that sucks. You know, like it's getting magnified because it's on the biggest stage and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I think this team may have struggled a little bit with some tilt and and, and things like that, or, or getting down on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, it's kind of frustrating to see because, like, I, I know I was heavy on them a lot throughout the tournament, and I assume John was too. And I know we talked about them as a a, a trendy underdog pick for us, but man, that they loss just... on the first day fucking killed me. I was so yeah. I was gutted. I was, was so awful. mad. That felt like Rogue Game 5, Rogue Mad Game 5, dude. I was just gutted. I said, how can you lose this game? How? They were up like 8,000 gold or something. <laughs> but like I said, that's, you know, that's why. Uh, so Mad Mad and PSG, I guess we'll just go team by team here. We'll work our way up the up the ladder. Pain Gaming, um, I-, I thought Pain way overperformed, but I'll give them credit, man. They were resilient. Like, they were resilient as hell. They're, these games, they had two games that were just completely done and dusted. Like, game was over. Including one that was, a, what, it was like 4K at like 10 minutes or something? That game against Wildcats. Another one, done and dusted. And they just have no quit in them. Like, I, can, like, I will say this about, like, the leagues that tend to, I don't want to say, like, roll over and die, but, like, dude, they... Pentanet did this too, and that's how they got one of their wins. Just, just flip it, just send it, as they kept saying on the broadcast, right? Like this game's not getting any better for you, and they have a good understanding that that's what's happening. Wasn't always the cleanest play, but I thought Payne was like the reverse Wildcats. Yeah, like all their like their lanes would just lose, and they would just be behind all the time. But then they were resilient. If they got a Baron, they knew how to use it well. Like, I thought their macro was solid. They, they would take a lot whenever they got an advantage anywhere. So, like, they were always behind, but they did well when they could, whereas Wildcats was, like, always ahead, but did garbage when they could. Like, did nothing. So, they were, like, the reverse Wildcats for me. And I always like, again, like, like to talk about these players that kind of come out of nowhere, but we came into the tournament expecting, you know, seeing to be carried by Tinones and BRTT, you know, the, the more veterans of that scene. And Robo, I Robo thought, was, was just insane. Yeah, he was really Robo's low. last team, he was one of those guys on his last team where he like had like twice the kill participation of their AD carry. Yeah. Like he was like he was like the, the guy who did everything. He was like the second highest DPS in the league or something last season, wasn't he? Oh. As a top laner, it was like ridiculous. Yeah, he was yeah. uh he had a good It was very impressive to me. Yeah, I thought he, Tano's he had a great well. tournament, which I'm I'm like, all right, so let me. I'll say this: BRTT had the numbers, and he had a good tournament. But I think a lot of the situations where him were were kind of fuck ups from the other teams. It's like, oh yeah, he's a, you know, they set up a perfect dive bottom. This Jinx is going to be completely taken out of the game. They botch the dive. He picks up a double kill, and then he's just fed from that point forward. It's like, okay, like I will say that dive on on day was it day five was Group B. That dive that they did, I was like, this game is just over here. Like, it's literally just done. He's going to miss, like, two more waves. He's going to be down, like, 40 CS. Like, this game's over. They're going to be able to recycle this over and over again. They boss a dive. He gets two kills. I was like, oh, now it's over the other way. Just all of a sudden, like, I was like, literally the only thing you needed to do in this game was not feed the Jinx. And now Jinx is fed, so. Um, yeah, that one was brutal. That, I, had, I had money on Wildcats in that game, That too. dive, though, brutal. he played that really, really well. I'll give him credit there. Like, and he... The carries for this team played team fights and played late games well. Like, even if the lanes didn't necessarily always go their way, they played the rest of the game excellently. So it's still I, – I wonder if Tinones just doesn't want to learn English or something. Because I don't know how that guy does, hasn't gotten a – maybe he has and we don't know. But like I have no idea how that guy hasn't gotten a tryout with somebody in North America at least. 
like I don't you know I guess now I'm thinking about like I don't know how if you if you could put him as better than anybody but like I almost feel I, like you should give him I'm a kind try. of surprised I I didn't think he's that really he's, good he didn't stand out to me that much but you I mean mid lane's kind of hard to stand out in yeah. right now too, well I'm so. also I'm also thinking like full sample of his career not just this oh season. yeah yeah like yeah. he's been so good for what like five years now and I don't know, maybe he just is one of those guys that it's, he's not wired that way. He just wants to kind of shit on his domestic league or whatever. I don't know. Some people are like that. Uh, PSG Talon, little bit of a, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah, right? Like, had some really good showings. When they were winning, they won, which is what you want to see. But uh, kind of struggled. The first game against Mad Lions, I feel like, was just over from, like, minute five, so it was, like, almost a non-game. I kind of wish I kind of wish we saw a tiebreaker because the second one was a slugfest, right? The second one was a great game, but the first game was kind of a non-game, which just happens sometimes. Uh, maybe – I don't know. Uh, we're going we should, we're gonna to talk big picture about this when we get to the next stage, but, like, I think Talon and, you know, there's a couple other teams that are going to be nominees for this kind of thing – don't get enamored with the teams that smashed. Like, just win it. Like, you just need to win. Like, it doesn't matter how you do it, right? Talon kind of had some games where, like, they probably should have lost and came back and won. They had, like, the Damwon special. And they had other games where they completely smashed. So I think people are kind of in, like, you know, in limbo with this team. I don't know if you guys are. Showed me a lot of good things for the most part. Yeah, we'll talk about another team that I felt like this, but Talon for sure, at least at the beginning, felt like it felt like Doggo on stage needed time. Yeah, to to like gel and like like we're, we we I think it was kind of weird how quick people kind of seemed to forget that like they're bringing in a brand new eighty carry to this team on like a huge international stage. Mm-hmm. So like expecting instant results probably wasn't the smartest thing on our end. Um, since we weren't getting too much of a discount on the lines, I guess. Uh, so maybe maybe that was a mistake in our process, but yeah, it, it did feel like they had some growing pains there at the beginning, in the first couple of games, and then they kind of caught their stride a bit. Uh, overall, though, I, I, you know, I didn't think that they were super impressive. I, and again, I think this is maybe partially because I thought that Wildcats could have like won two or three more games pretty easily. Yeah. It felt yeah. to me like Talon was. I think I felt about felt this way about. Uh, so this is a good good sign, I guess. But I felt this way. I think about BTXL in in the uh, EU masters, how was like, it felt like they were actually the third best team in the group, but yeah. then they, you know, they ended up getting out. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what that says about them, but yeah, it's kind of something I felt. It's kind of like, they definitely lucked out of the one wildcats game. Like they had no business stealing that one. Was it wildcats or pain? I think it was pain that, that screwed Like they were on the nexus or whatever and screwed it up and won. I might be mixing them up, but yeah, they, I felt like they were, I felt like they came out of the group where they should have. I thought they were the second best team in yeah. the group. I, I was thought kind of... there were some losses they might have been able to win, some wins they might have been able to lose, but they felt like the second best team in the group to me. Yeah, and I'll say I'll say this like you know, just looking numbers wise, like they underperformed like their their year long performance. So like that's kind of like I, you don't want to take too much from numbers from six games or eight games, but you can kind of just you know get a temperature read like you know like the the the. The, the quick the quick temperature read it's not like an official you know hospital body temperature read or whatever but like you can kind of get like the quick the quick check and uh yeah i i, I kind of think that they were a little bit cold 
we'll talk about some other teams that were were maybe a little bit bad or like you know between the first day and the second day looked a lot different too. I thought they looked a lot better the second day. So Dalgo in particular was oh he had the he had the one game he was like four thousand gold up on like the second highest gold in the game or whatever. I think it was a Tristana game. Yeah. Um. Mad Lions, a uh, couple really decisive wins and a couple really just <laughs> this team. I love this team sometimes, and I, I want them. <laughs> I'm like I'm like the super critical parent with this team because I know how good they can be, and people think I'm a hater. But like, there's so many little tiny small things that if they cleaned up, they could just destroy everybody. And they and they are just really sloppy, or a lot of times they're just super excited about shit and they get ahead of themselves. Which I think like and we said this about the LPL for years, right? Like some of the teams like are good, they just sometimes lack discipline and they get ahead of themselves. But that's also kind of like that same energy that that kind of does a lot of good things for them too. So like I don't know if taking that away would be a good thing or a bad, like worse than I don't know if that would be more taking more away from what they do than adding to it. So, you know, not the prettiest, but Mad did completely smash Talon and for the most part smashed everybody. Like, a couple games, like, well, like two games that were like kind of, eh. The they were the ones that you were thinking of that stole the one from Pain on yeah, the Nectus. Yeah. yeah. So that one was, that was cool, but yeah, I mean, we talk about it every so often. You gotta, you have to win those games. If you find a way to win, you yeah. get some credit, but, they, but yeah, they're, they're just fun to watch, I think. Yeah, they are. Biggest takeaway Absolutely. for me. Uh, I'll I'll say this too. Like, you have to look at the team. Like, imagine if they're not digging themselves a hole in the first like ten minutes of every game. Like, like, <laughs> and a lot of the times, like that kind of stuff. It, it's not even anything to do with process or draft or anything. They just do something stupid, and they like if they could just fix that, they're gonna be like I would I would hold them in such higher regard. The ceiling is clearly there, and they're fun as hell to watch. Like, they got the chops. The late game team fighting is excellent. But man, like, it feels like they have like all these little tiny things that are easy fixes, and like if they ever do that, then they're going to be even better, which is what I hope for them. So they, de- I think they deserve to get out of this group. Number one, they were the best team in the group. Um, I I just wanted to touch quick. I I mean, it's cool to see like humanoid progression. Oh yeah, you know. He went from the meme last year of uh, humanoid dies solo killed in the silent, whatever it was. Humanoid randomly dies or something, but he's been kind of smurfing. I mean, this past split, you could argue he was a top two mid in the region. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could argue he was one of the best mids at this tournament, uh, just from like raw performance wise. I don't think anyone would actually, you know, legitimately rate him above Showmaker perks. Those and uh, you know, even even uh, even crying probably, but I I think like he's just been playing super well. He's super consistent, Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of like. The, the biggest things you need for mid lane right now is just like insane consistency. Yep. He's shown a vast variety of champions he can play. I mean, he played what his six games. He played Rise, Victor, Kogma, Zoe, Lucian. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that's insane. You know, yeah. that, that gives you a lot of flexibility. So he's, I think he's giving this team a lot uh, and just didn't want that to go kind of unmentioned because I think he's just been playing out of his mind. Yeah, I think Ar- Armut's been really, really good. Elioya in his debut on this kind of – well, not – yeah, it is his debut on this kind of stage. It looks pretty good too. And we've gotten the good bottom lane. Like, Kaiser and Karzi have been good. 
And when Kaiser and Carsey are good, this team's ridiculously good. When Kaiser and Carsey are not good, this team is still good. So, like, I mean, Kaiser, I think Kaiser in particular has just been nutty this tournament, too. He's he's had a really good tournament as well. So, yeah, we'll see. If they can keep that going, this team could win this thing. I just have, like, <laughs> I've been burned too many times by them just like, oh, <laughs> let's flip let's flip this and we have absolutely no reason to. Let's go. We can outplay it and you know, sometimes you do. Um yeah, Mad 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 look really, really good. They're in good form right now, which was I'm happy to see because if for no other reason than to like get the proverbial monkey off their back, right? Where, you know, they had that looming oh my god, we sucked at Worlds last year, like relative to domestic performance and expectations that we had for them, and they've clearly um looked a lot better so far. Group C, maybe I, – I thought Group B was going to be the most interesting, and the games certainly were interesting. However, Group C became really, really interesting, didn't it? So – It was a good group. Infinity, take a game off Detonation Focus. This game – this group was wild. Like, you want to talk about highs and lows and why you don't overreact to a best of one on one day? I think this group was a good example of that, right? Infinity beat Detonation Focus me on day one. It was kind of a sloppy game from both teams. Like, it could have gone either way. Infinity get it, right? I remember feeling lucky that I cast that ticket. Uh, Detonation Focus me really pushed Damwon Kia and probably should have won that game. Then they beat Cloud9 after losing to Infinity. And then... I don't even remember what happened then. Like, Detonation Focus no, kind of made this interesting. They just made yeah. this group interesting because, like, they lose to Infinity, which, yeah, I essentially called that a coin flip. You guys, I think you guys were slightly on the Detonation Focus me side. Uh, and then, like, effectively beat Damwon. It was Cloud9 was actually next, so that's what made it more impressive is that they, yeah. were, they had beaten Cloud9. And Cloud Nine had really pushed Damwon in the That's first what it was. Well. And then they, then they, and then they should have beaten Damwon. So was. everyone was That's like, "Holy, was. yeah, yeah." So before we dive into this, like, I guess we'll just like touch on this because I think this is like the example of this. Like, I know. Let's finish this group up, and then I'll then I'll talk big picture because it's going to kind of tie into the rest of this tournament. Um, Infinity went one and five. They got the game against that nation, folks. Me and didn't really look particularly competitive in any of the other games the rest of the tournament besides the goofy clown fiesta game in the last the last one but that was one of the funniest score lines i've ever seen oh, yeah. in that game he was like 113 or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah infinity just uh i think you you saw some flashes like they're not they're not a complete dumpster fire but you can kind of see the quality of the, of of just wasn't that good. Like, I don't. I, I. I. They were probably the weakest team in this tournament. You think Pentanet or Unicorns were weaker? Yeah, but Pentanet or Unicorns and Pain all feel about the same as Infinity yeah, to me. Yeah. Like, so Detonation focused me. I mean, if you compare to their domestic numbers, just like this was like a 99th percentile performance from them. Like they were nutty this 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 tournament. Uh, good for them. Japan's showing pretty well. Uh, historically, a very weak region. It's also very young, so we don't know. Like it's a few years. They've only had servers for five years, or four years. Maybe it's only four years. So by far the youngest region. Not even close. 
So youngest, like as a server, uh, like scene. Uh, you know what's weird about this, and like I kind of we talked about this in the preseason uh, discussion about this team. I kind of thought this was the worst iteration of DFM that they've ever sent, but they performed the best, which was a little bit weird. But sometimes that that's why you play the games, right? Uh, EV, I, thought the, I thought this version was solid. I think they still have their same their same good players that yeah. they've always had. I mostly I mean, just DFM didn't has always have these. Guys. I mostly just didn't like how they were playing. I guess I should I should change it. The players are essentially the same, but I didn't like how they were playing. I guess is, I should clear that up. Um, they just played really really well. Uh, wasn't good enough. Ended up two and four. I mean, t- there's a reasonable case to be made that if they beat Damwon, suddenly this this could have been like a Cloud Nine one group or a tiebreaker, or maybe you would have had a three way tiebreaker. I did feel like I felt like it was bizarre that the narrative, like when this group was going, as soon as Cloud Nine lost the DFM, I swear the narrative on Twitter was like basically Cloud Nine is out. Like, oh, oh my oh, god, yeah. there's no shot Cloud Nine's getting. I was like, all I gotta do is beat DFM the next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't. I think they'll be a big favorite to do that. I don't know why anybody, but they were treating it like Cloud Nine was like five percent to get out after they lost that game. Like, that's so. There's two big picture points I want to talk about before the rest of the the stage. That's one of them essentially, which is just like. Let's let's finish this up and then we'll touch on that. Cloud Nine four and two, some terrible looking games, some excellent looking games, mostly excellent looking games. I thought Cloud Nine looked really really good for the most part. Uh, beat Damwon Kia on the final lay. It was a huge huge win. Um, they're in I, they're they're in good form. I think Fudge looks really really good right now. I, you know, he shut my mouth. That's for sure. Uh, we'll see how he does the rest of the tournament, but uh, Cloud Nine looks good. I don't really have much else to say. Like they look good. I think they have a good read on the game right now. Good form. Like that's what you want to see. Yeah, I thought Cloud Nine looked pretty good. Good. Most impressive thing to me is they. I always love seeing this. We've talked about this before in other regions, but teams that say, hey, I know this this is strong, but I'm just going to counter it. And they did that with Rumble. Uh, they went yeah. 2-0 against Rumble, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rumble Jungle. And they were just like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to ban it from blue side, but I'm also not going to first pick it. I'm just going to get something else and win in spite of you having it. Yeah. Uh, and I, that stuff always just gets me fired up for teams. I, like, I do like... punch the meta in the face. I do like the, whole, the soul read that's like, you're not flexing this. Which, like... I, I think a big part of why that pick is strong is the fact that you can flex it to mid lane, not as much top lane. Rumble is is kind of unplayable in top lane anymore. Like he, it's it's not unplayable, but it's a lot harder than it used to be. He's actually just a better mid laner than than I think top laner now. But uh, if you're not gonna flex him ever, then it's not a flex, and there's not like a specific champion to counter him, you know, per se. But you can just pick mobile champions so that you're not going to just get completely blown out by the ultimate in team fights, and that's it, right? Like, that's all you need to do, right? It's not like – I do think it's one of the strongest picks in the game still, but it's not like one of these, like, giga-strong, uncounterable, like, yeah, ridiculous, well, like, you know, must-ban-every-game picks, right? Yeah, and that's what I mentioned the, about Rumble specifically is, like, I think the theory behind the pick makes him a stronger jungler than Morgana – or a stronger pick than Morgana for a first pick. Cause the theory is that you can flex him, but no one's flexing him. So I think Morgana is just the stronger jungler straight up. 
Agreed. And that's, to me, I think that that kind of cloud nine, it looks like came to a similar conclusion uh, and was like, hey, you know, if that's no one's fine. Fle- if no one's flexing this, then like, yeah, just then we know it, where it is. Fine. And, yeah. you know, they. I think another team, was it maybe Dam one also left it open and just picked the Udier into it? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just like seeing teams do that. Basically, is, is the bigger point. But that that was really impressive to me about about this team. They have a good read on things right now. Um, anything else on Cloud Nine, or we get to Dam One here? So Dam One. I, I want to say one thing quick is that the unsung hero for Cloud Nine is uh, Vulcan. Everyone's going to be talking about like the Perks One V Nine and the uh, the the Fudge One V Nine, um, and mixed among that would be like the Blabber Ints. But Vulcan was a absolute rock the entire tournament so far, and he's yeah. been a monster. Vulcan and um, both been pretty. Yeah, good. so so I he he's been popping off. Damn one gaming. Uh, so I I was like going through this yesterday, trying to f- like pick out the games that I thought were basically worse than. They played three really poor games in this group, like relative to to what their level is. And from my like just eyeing it up, this was like three of their worst six games of the year. Not these six games, but the three bad games from groups were in their bottom six games for the season. Like I'm I'm including well, I'm including Kespa as well, right? So a really really big underperformance from them. Still get out five and one, but kind of poses an interesting question, right? Where do like how much are you going to bake in regression to Dam One? Because you know we're kind of transitioning out of out of groups and into the you know the Rumble stage now. Like, how much are you going to bake in regression for Dam One versus do you think they're just in bad form right now? Like. Is do you have like a fifty fifty split? Like they're going to be better than they were, but like I don't know how much better. Or do you think that we saw some really poor performances? Or do you think that this is just their level, right? Because that's certainly possible. Like I could, I mean, I I think you're a little crazy if you think that's the case, but I could see, you know, if someone thinking that, it's kind of weird, right? Like how how are you treating Damon moving forward? Um, I think I am going to treat them as a little bit better than we saw them before. But I didn't think it was that crazy. I mean, I thought Dam One losing a game to Cloud Nine was a realistic. Yeah, I didn't. Th- I didn't think that in. was unreasonable at all. Yeah, I think DFM played some pretty good games, and it's and you know Dam One stole it back from them, which is what the good teams do when they get you know outclassed and for a period of a game. Dam One specifically do that a lot. That's just how Coma teams play. They've always been yeah. that way. So I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was that big of an underperformance. I thought they were probably a little bit better than that. Um, John, people don't want to hear reasonable takes. You and I are going to have a conversation about this in just a second. Like, I guess, you know, let's transition to that because that was one of the big picture topics I wanted to talk about. These are best of, like, these are effectively best of ones. It is so, so easy. Let's do, Cloud9. Everyone was literally willing to be like, NA is forever doomed. They're done. They're the shittiest region. And they come out and beat Damwon, you know, three days later and all of a sudden everything's all okay again. Like, can we, can we all just chill the fuck out for, like, on, like, any single game? Anything can happen. Yeah, you get big upsets. That's why they play the games, right? 
can we not, can we not have an existential crisis for the whole fucking region every single time an NA team loses to anyone? Because it seems like every single time they lose to like not the tournament favorite. It's like, oh my god, NA's doing whatever. And we have the same exact recycled conversation over and over and over again. I get it. It's been years of this. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that crazy a sample size that they've just run bad, right? Like, let's not have an existential crisis about the state of North American League of Legends every time Cloud9 drops a single game. Can we please just do that? Or any NA team. It doesn't need to be Cloud9. Can we please People do have that? to remember that, like, the four, the four major regions are better than the other regions, but Cloud9 is the worst of the four major regions, yeah. or NA is the worst of the four major regions, so they're going to lose games to non-major region teams more often than the other teams are. But they still win more games against non-major region teams than they lose. Yeah. They're just the fourth best region, and that's like what we've been for God knows how long. So, yeah. it, what what blew my mind about it too is like the day before against Dam One, like they were in a pretty good opportunity despite oh, like being in a gold deficit. Yeah, they they had the ability to win that game. It was just Fudge took an, uh, like a little bit of a questionable pathing down through the river, got yeah. caught, and then they tried to come help out and lost the game off of it. Right, yeah. but if they did it was a good game for them. Yeah. And then I think there was a smite steal on a Drake as well. Like oh, yeah. two tiny mistakes there ended up costing them. But like they were really close to beating Damwon on day one of the tournament. RP my pick of the week. Yeah. But 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 then people just instantly forget that because I mean they did get kind of stomped by DFM. Yeah. To, to be fair, but like it's just funny how quickly you know the tides turn from people being optimistic about them almost beating Damwon to. Yeah, like NA is doomed. Like they're not even going to make it out of the group. Like John was saying, people, it, you know, like it's just. It's a little bit much, um, but I think in general, it, to, to the larger point, like I was talking about this in the Discord as well. Like, I don't think my takes have really changed, and we Same. we typically do this every year at the beginning of the season, right? For the first two weeks, you know, we see a team come out and get smashed in in any league, and that we were higher on, and we say, hey, you know, we still believe in this team for X, Y, and Z, like we have described, and I'm not going to change that off of one week of games, so. I don't think it's. I, th- I think people are going to naturally overreact uh, to these small sample sizes, and especially in DFS, you can get some pretty good leverage in those spots. Yeah, for sure. Like, and I like. Th- don't get me wrong. I get it. It feels almost like the NFL a little bit, where it's like, okay, you get the one game, or you get like two games a day, maybe, and then you have all day to think about it and talk about it and break it and dissect it, and it's like, okay, like, like I think maybe maybe this is just like tournament background. For me, like having played it, like I mean, I haven't played anything remotely close to that level, but like having played against teams and law, like having played tournaments with a team that's organized and losing to teams that we had no business losing to, like so- sometimes you just suck that day and you just get bodied. Like I-, I don't think people understand that in League of Legends, like sometimes like there's only so much better you can be, and sometimes if you just like it can be more on you. Like if you just fuck up. You can just lose a game to someone that like. How many times have you gone into a game and it's like literally all all bronzes and stuff, and you, and you still find a way to lose, right? Like maybe you clowned around a little too much. Maybe you just sucked that day. Maybe they just played out of their mind. Like I think people just don't understand that the other team can also play their best that they've ever played, or like they can play it at like a ninetieth percentile performance, right? This was kind of like my talk about Damon going into the into the tournament was like. I'm not just talking, I hate to keep bringing it up, but, like, if you look at every single one of their losses this season, it was, like, a 90th-plus percentile performance from the team that beat them. Like, teams that had, like, and you see this against a lot of the top teams in a lot of the top regions. Like, 
does RNG? Who I'm trying to think the LPL who who lost who, who lost top top esports lost to Rogue Warriors in like week three. Yep. Right. Like it it just happens sometimes. The problem is when it's on an when it's on a big stage like this. No one's remembering that. We remember that, but no one's remembering. You know, twelve weeks ago when top e- or, you know sixteen weeks ago when top esports lost to Rogue Warriors lost two oh two by the way <laughs> or no it was one two it was one two they they lost a series not a best of one a series if the better team always won straight up our job wouldn't be nearly yeah. as usual yeah and like <laughs> like they're you know as, as cliche as it is like that's why we play the games right like we can handicap we can come up with the numbers and do all this stuff and like that's important but like sometimes shit just happens <laughs> like you you get a good performance from a team and it doesn't mean like it does one game honestly you could make a case that one season doesn't mean necessarily anything for a team or one half a season or four weeks or like there's strong cases you could be that can be made for a lot of this stuff right just Let's not have an existential – like, uh, maybe I'm just – because I've been doing this for 10 years, I'm just tired of seeing it. Like, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like, it's it's just tired at this point, right? It's just I, – I don't I don't get as riled up as you because it's just good for me. Like, it's just good when everybody's talking about how – Yeah, I mean, I profit from again, it. Don't get me wrong. Play like, DFS against, you know, on the next split. And I, I don't mind seeing it. As long, I like to keep aware of how the overreaction is going, but it doesn't really bother me that much, to be honest. I guess it just struck a chord with me this time around because we saw such a stuff. Like, it was literally one day. It was literally the next day. They came back and probably should have beat Damline Gaming, and it's like it was all forgotten in a single day. Like, winning cures all woes, apparently. So, um, that was the first thing. But I, I really, no, that was, honestly, that was kind of both at the same time. Like, I wanted to chime in on the, the can we not freak out about NA every single time they lose a game to anyone ever? And maybe it's just it was the first game of the tournament, and everyone's like, I don't, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Um, so the Rumble stage. Any other thoughts on groups? Like, I, I honestly, this was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be way more chalky than this. So that's would, it. Feels like that's always the case, right? It's just a matter of picking the right dogs. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it all. Um, I thought all of them. I the only group I didn't really enjoy was RNG group. Yeah, it was. I just, it just wasn't really fun. That yeah. one felt really bad, and I think it was just because there wasn't that other team uh, in there, and it just, it just, it's not really fun to watch the LPL team just destroy a Russian team and an yeah. uh, Oceanic team over and over. Like, yeah, it just wasn't fun. Uh, that that's, would, that's the better reason to have to have the VCS rep there because, like, even if we don't think they're getting out, like it's a matter of like, okay, which of these two teams is going to lose to this team, or which of these two? Maybe, exactly. maybe, they, maybe they beat both of them. I don't know. Like, it definitely freshens it up because I think that was the biggest problem with that group. It wasn't even that it was beat downs; it was that it was the same beat downs over and yeah. over again. Yeah, um, and it felt bad to watch. Like, I, it happened every day, but it was like, hey, Pentanet, go play RNG and get beat thirty to two in kills, and then play literally the next game against yeah. UOL. I'm like. <laughs> Can you at least give like I know why they did it, give yeah. the rest for the next day, but I'm like, ah, I mean, you just break That's their brutal. mental in half, like you rip their brain steps out yep. and stomp on it, Dude. and then you're like, hey, go play another game. That used to, so like that's what? that's kind of this is kind of a like that group reminded me it was like a relic of like a years past, like you know, 15 years ago, where like this would just happen at tournaments, like you would just have to play a back to back in a group stage, right? And I mean, this was. 
pre-league status. Like, this was 10 years ago, like, the very infancy of League of Legends, and then before League with other games. Like, sometimes you just got to do that, and yeah, it's the most brutal spot there is. Like... You know, it's the, like, that's the, the NFL equivalent would be like playing on Thursday and like getting walloped like 48 to nothing and then having to play against like the, the best team in the league on Sunday or something. It's just like, oh, it's just brutal. Just, brutal. I, you know what though? Like, you know, they carried it. They had fun. And I don't want to say like every team should treat it that way. You have to understand the character of your players and how your, your, your team carries things emotionally and stuff, but. They rolled with it, man. They were loose. They were fun. I'm I'm so happy for Penn and that, man. Like, it was just such a cool story. And you could tell the players and the coaching staff and all that were just super stoked. Yeah, like John said, they're, they're going to get a 10, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll get one. We'll see. Yeah, that is one thing I would just like to commend them on. I know we touched on it, but, like, you know how hard it is to just, like, go into a game knowing you're going to get your ass beat? And then it's emasculating. Having to do right? it over and over and over again on the biggest stage, like, and they like they like they had a smile on their face. I mean, people yeah. are like, "Oh, they're probably not taking this seriously." Bro, like, what the hell do you what want, do you them, want to them to do? To take it seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, what do you want them to do? Like, yeah, I have to queue up against RNG six times over the next two days, knowing that our best player wouldn't be in like a starter on the worst team in their league that they won. Yeah, like, what the hell do you want me to do? You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, I thought it was I give them a big pat on the back, uh, both teams, honestly. Yeah, for for like keeping their their head straight, you know, they had a smile on their face. Uh, I honestly think that's one of the reasons Pentanet probably got out over ULL is because it did look like Pentanet was able to kind of handle that beating were, a little bit better than ULL. I, I personally, agree. I agree. So, UOL had, you know, it lo- it, at least it looked that way. I don't know. How it it, it looked like it. Yeah, I don't it know. It that way for sure. Yeah. yeah. So the Rumble stage, it's going to be six teams. The top four get out. It's a double round robin. Um, every team is going to play against each other, so it'll be ten games for each team, all told. You'll play against each opponent twice: once on red, once on blue. Looking like it's the two favorites are still the two favorites. Um, this is—I I actually love this format because we're going to get more games out of it, or we're going to get more games between the good teams that are not just straight to best of fives. So I'm really happy about this, and we're going to get to at least see all the the the, the good teams play against each other at least twice so that'll be good and then we get some rematches from groups as well open it off with a banger uh you'll notice too like these these schedules for these are um like front loaded for the eastern leagues i assume just because of like time scheduling like it's really late at night for them so they want to get the games in for the eastern teams and their audience uh sooner so slight bias on the schedule there but i don't think it really affects anything at the end of the day so Open it up Friday morning with a banger. Damn one are underdogs against RNG. This is for me like my big point of this entire stage as far as like betting goes is it doesn't feel like you can bet damn one or RNG at all unless yeah. they're playing each other. Yep. Like every game that they're in, you can you can take a stand on who you think is better between RNG and damn one, and you can bet them in two games when they play each other. Yep. Other than that, I don't see a single line of Damwon or RNG that's playable, I don't think. I agree with you. They're just not, like, I think the only way you're going to make money in this stage of the tournament is betting on C9, Mad, and Talon as underdogs for the most part. Uh, yeah. or, seems or really alternative tough. markets is zero. Yeah, dollars. it seems really, really tough to mess with RNG or Damwon. Yeah. Um, so, Damwon, RNG. What do you think, John? I think I'm going to take Damwon. Um, I think RNGs, I think people are high on RNG right now, I think, but I do think their group was a little bit easier. Um, and I think 
stylistically, I kind of think Dam One's just the better of these two. Like, I think they they do a good job of exploiting mistakes. I think RNG makes a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. even if they also are very high skill cap. It's not like Dam One's not high skill cap. Yeah. So I, I feel like right now people are a little low on Dam One. This is the time I'm going to buy low on them. I think and try to get a couple bets in on them versus RNG. Yeah. To, to me, to me, this is just a buy low and sell high in the same game. Like, no result would surprise me here at all. It's just that like. It's so easy to get enamored with just like the the steamroll performances that RNG had, but if you look at like some teams just don't play that way, and it doesn't make them any worse. Like RNG were not a team that played that way in the split, and it didn't seem like people had that kind of bias then, right? Like I don't know if this is just an international thing or not, but like all season long, that was like our knock against RNG was like okay, like they're not quite as good against the good teams as some of the other teams are, like in terms of like performance statistics and they they weren't just completely obliterating teams a lot of the time like they would they had plenty of games because the lpl plays billion them they had you know those kind of performances but on average they weren't you know they weren't body bagging 2500 gold lead to 15 minutes on average everybody that's not the kind of team they were they were a scaling team right it's worth noting too that like if you take out the break like three weeks ago in game time weeks not a single person thought RNG was winning the LPL that I talked to. Yeah. Every single person thought Damwon was an absolute lock to win the LCK. Yeah. And now we're like a couple weeks later. And I mean, I know the LCK and LPL are different leagues, but we're a couple weeks later and people are pretty confident that RNG is going to be Damwon. I don't know. That feels a little, feels a little fishy to me because everybody, I mean, Damwon was clearly the best LCK team and most people yeah. didn't give RNG a shot even when they were in the final four. Yeah. Like I, mean, I had I the RNG futures and people were like, oh, those are just worthless. Like they're not winning. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's it really is just as simple as, like, this is buy low, sell high. Like, that's all. I think it's just moved a little too much. But then again, no, no number would, no, like, no result would really surprise me here in particular. Josh, what do you think? I'm in lockstep with you guys. I, I think <clears throat> I think I, I would have made damn one slight favorites. I think, I mean, we talked about it last week, but yeah, I just think there's a little bit of an overreaction going on here. I think it's uh, a couple of things kind of coming together. One is that, you know, LPL recently has been the better league so they're gonna have kind of better implied odds and people are just kind of down on damn one after what was some like you know bad wins yeah like uh, the the thing the, i always say this kind of thing especially in best of ones like the thing with like bad wins and good losses is that like it's still relative to like your overall performance like if most of your games look a certain way then you can, like, look at the big sample and be like, okay, they overperformed or underperformed, you know, given the opponent here, right? If it's just Smash Town every single game, like, I, like that's another that's another thing. Like, then you can compare it to that, right? You could make the argument that RNG are playing better than they did during the split, but I also think they were against way softer competition, right? Especially with how well DFM played in this tournament, right? I, I just think it's really easy to – this is for any team. It's really easy to look at the res- – and be like, okay, like, all right, th- this team wasn't completely smashing every game. Uh, all of a sudden, they're not as good anymore. Like, yeah, they don't look like they're in good form, but there's just as strong a case for regression to the norm as there is regression for the team that looks really good, right? So they kind of balance each other out. Like, you have to kind of pick and choose your spots with that, I think. Like, if you're gonna if you're going to attack it from that kind of angle – um, I could see a case for RNG. I'm I'm just not with it. Like, give me damn one here. I also got a better number than this, but I bet it like Wednesday night. So, 
I got plus 100, but not that much different. I would bet damn one at probably minus 120 or better. Um, Mad, minus 769 against Pentanet, plus 444. Kill spreads for this are going to be double digits, 10-11. Kill totals over. You think Mad Lions are still loose? I, they don't strike me as a team that's going to stop doing what they do. They're just not. Uh, they've hit overs in all but one game. Betting against Pentanet feels just as hard as betting on Damwon or RNG. Like, yeah. the lines are just so wild. Like, the only line that's even kind of reasonable is PSG Pentanet. And even then, like, it just feels like you just can't bet Pentanet games. Yeah. Maybe you bet on them against the weaker of the other teams. But even then, I just I think they're going out 10 in the group. So, I'm just not betting any Pentanet games, Dude, I don't think. So, how compet- Like, how hard are we, do we think? O ten? I don't think I disagree with. The question is... When you have numbers like this and a best of one, it the question becomes how hard are they going to get smashed? Like it, it's the spread question, right? Like it's it's you know is fourteen and a half too big a number? Is ten and a half too big a number? Like you can look at the average. Like you got to be careful with taking game averages and stuff like that. Like oh they played they played eight games. That doesn't mean shit realistically, right? So it's a snapshot. It's kind of maybe maybe an outline, but uh. Like, what would the kill spread need to be for you to consider taking a Pentanet kill spread here? And Mad Lions is probably the best team. If I was taking a if I was taking a kill spread against uh, for Pentanet, it, Mad Lions would be my favorite team to do Same. it against. And I would still need like, and I don't know, plus nine. Like, I would want a pretty big number. I think at least ten. I think it uh, is ten. I'm gonna pull this up right. Ten, now. eleven. It's ten and a half. Yeah, it's. I'd have to go back and look at some stats to be yeah. like confident about it, but I mean that's kind of like around the range that I'd want to. It'd have to be a pretty big. It's double digits, I think. So how about how about team totals? We got eighteen and a half and seven and a half. Seven and a half feels like it could be all right against Mad Lions. I, I could see them getting eight kills against Mad Lions some reasonable percentage of the time. I do think that they're going to have a lot of t- like this is the most prep time they're going to have besides the first game from before this. So like yeah, I kind of think over. I kind of think over seven and a half might actually be a pretty good bet there yeah. for for Pentanet. Um, Mad Lions went over their eighteen and a half in all but one game as well. So, or uh, two games. The one was on eighteen. One thing. Well, I guess it's it's looking too far ahead, but uh, I talked a lot in my videos about like looking forward to find value later. Mm-hmm. And there's some spots where you can definitely get Pentanet like team total overs and game overs. There's some games that are going to be up at the you know towards the end of this. Uh, towards the end of the rumble stage where you're going to be able to get some really good value if you bet it now. Especially if they're like... Just look at who's going to be eliminated and who's going to be locked by then and mm-hmm. find those games. Because we've seen in the group stages, I was betting ahead on those and just absolutely smashed them in every group. Yep. Just look ahead for the teams that are going to be locked and the ones that are going to be eliminated playing each other in the last day or two, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, any interest in a Pentanet kill spread or any derivative markets here? Yeah, I mean, maybe kill spread, maybe first blood type stuff, but uh, not not really anything. These these games are going to be tough to bet. Yeah, uh, Paris Saint Germain Town plus three twenty nine. Damn one gaming minus five hundred. TCS has had the LCK's uh, number in the past. There yeah. there has been a you know historical narrative. That is true. Um, Maple specifically too, by the way. <laughs> so uh, that's an interesting angle. Um, it's cool to see the Azir again, even though it's not meta. That was kind of neat. Uh, this is a pretty big number. 
The problem is like my my whole issue right now is like I I cannot see Dan Juan playing as badly as they did in groups. Like I just can't do it. Like I can't. I mean, maybe they do, and you know, I'll eat crow on that, and that's fine. But uh, to me, this is a matter of the number. Like, let's see. I mean, I have I have a lot of respect for Talon. Like, I I probably won't bet Dan Juan here. I'm definitely not betting Dan. I don't think I'm betting Dan Juan or RNG a single time. Their numbers I'm, are all way too big for me. I might take Talon plus eight and a half because Dan Juan do not give a shit about smashing you. They just don't care. They'll win a game eleven to four. They don't care. That's true. That's true. They were a they were an awful awful against the spread team during the season. Like, let me see if I can pull it up real fast. Like they were they were completely terrible. Like. Yeah, they were they were eighteen thirty one against the kill spread, average spread of seven and seven point seven. Yeah, like, so this, this that seems like a reasonable spot where you could yeah. take the. I've gotten a little bit more into those types of bets in the last like six months or so. Mm-hmm. I used to be just a money line fiend back in the day, but now I've gotten into a lot more team totals and stuff. There's there's some some very good value in those kinds of spots. Yeah. The the only way I mean, damn one, most of the time the only way they cover these kind of games is if it does end up being like a literal like fifteen to two. And they can win games like that. They 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 do. I will say part of the reason why they do poorly domestically is because the LCK in general is pretty good at minimizing losses. Like in terms of like like teams know how to not get like completely haymakered. Like they're not going to get knocked out in the first round. Like they're teams in the LCK rarely get blown out. They might be getting blown out in goal, but they're not going to get they're not going to give up twenty kills a lot of the time. So uh, that kind of contributes to that. So it does kind of skew it a little bit. But you know we've seen Dan one. Damn one average damn one game ends up being like, you know, fifteen to eight or something like that, maybe less. So, um, that that would be the angle I take on this one. Uh, RNG minus three fifty seven, Cloud Nine plus two fifty three, similar line to what Cloud Nine was against um, Damn One the first time around. A little shorter than that. I think they were like plus two ninety or something the first time against. Damn one. Uh, what do you think? These are the kind of spots where I feel like you can, if you wanted to try to plan a flag, I feel like these are the kinds of lines where yeah. maybe you could you could bet a Cloud Nine or a Mad Lions up against RNG or Damn One. I don't think you can bet, like I said, RNG or Damn One at all. But C Nine and, and Mad Lions and PSG Talon feel like the three teams where if you want to plant a flag, you can just bet like all of their games against either RNG or Damn One and try to pick up a win or two. Mm-hmm. Um, do yeah, we... I think I'm just going to run it back. Pick of the week, Cloud Nine's first game. Do we think this is going to be like, like, put a per- like I guess make like a percentage layout? Like, what percentage of the games are going to be extremely lopsided one way or the other between these two? Like one team went. Like doesn't matter which team. Like one of them just steamrolls. Just RNG and C9. Yeah, I don't think that many of the games are going to be that lopsided. I think this is. Like RNG's better, but I don't I don't think it's super lopsidedly better. Uh, I would say like twenty five percent of games, RNG just absolutely stomps stomps them. Maybe like five or ten percent of games, Cloud Nine absolutely stomps RNG, and then the other X percent are at least reasonably close. So if we, if we think that's the case, like, and I'm not going to do this for every single one of these, but like I just want to get people into the thought process of how to approach these kind of things. Like, if you think that's the case, like 
you, maybe attacking neutral overs, like neutral objective overs, is an is an angle you could look at in this kind of spot. Like, uh, I'm just gonna pull it up real fast. Like, you can do. Um, did I do these out of order? Now we're good. Um, like 30 minute time total in this one, you can get even money on the over 30. Yeah, I think I like that. I think I like yeah. those types of bets. I think these are likely to be some kind of slugged out games. Um. Yeah, over 30 is a good one. I also think that, like, these teams might be a little less loose now, like a little more tightened up than they were in group stage because, I mean, it, it seems counterintuitive because, like, a single game was a bigger sample of what mattered for your group to get out of groups. But I also think, like, there's something in the heads of, you know, playing with wildcard regions in your team too that, like, these teams just loosen up a little bit for whatever reason. So... Uh, you get minus one twenty eight on the over four and a half dragons. I don't think that's a bad play either. Um, stuff like that, like just it m- set a percentage for yourself. Be like, okay, like if you think, you know, seventy percent of the games are going to be super lopsided one way or the other, and you can usually tell by the type of teams involved too. Both of these teams know know how to play from a deficit. Like they know how to take their punches and stay in a game and stay competitive and not not get completely blown out most of the time. So. I actually think that there's a good percentage of the time where this does go longer. Like, it could go either way, and it's a longer, more competitive game. So I think that's kind of the angle I'm probably going to be taking on, on these more competitive matches. Um, not that competitive match competitive matchup between teams necessarily means the game itself will be, but you got to kind of look at it from a percentage point. Like, there's always going to be certain teams that just they, – they Invictus were the, the poster child for this in the LPL. Like, they, they lose – in 25 minutes and they win in 25 minutes. There's, there's almost nothing in the middle, right? Like 80% of the games were under 30 minutes or whatever, 31 minutes or whatever, because they either got smashed in their 25 minutes or smashed in 25 minutes. So um, Talon minus 500 against Pentanet plus 320. It's really just a money line wasteland. It's the worst. Like, honestly, I was, I was looking this over before we started this. And I was just like, this is just a wasteland of like, it's so hard to bet any of these money lines, except for kind of like when, C9, Mad, and Talon in a three-way. Like, whenever one of those three teams, when the two of those three teams are playing each other, you might be able to bet. Everything else is just a wasteland. Yeah. So I'm I'm just going to pull derivatives because it's the only thing that makes these interesting. And we'll just quickly. uh, So 10.5 is the kill spread in this one. Talon kind of smashed in their wins. Like, all their wins were fairly decisive. Yeah, I don't feel too good about the spread in this one the way I did in the other game. Yeah, I do. I do too. Um, over 30 is a plus 117. That's not a bad thought, but yeah, you got to do some work on these folks. Like these are not easy. Like you gotta, you know, there's going to have to be some work done on these. So, um, cloud nine plus one Oh four mad lines minus minus one thirty nine. Maybe this is the kind of game you could bet. Yeah. This is to me, this is like the most, this and damn one RNG are like the, the intriguing matchups in this stage. Like I honestly, think, none of these other ones really entertain me that much. Like, I kind of think PSG is like my team that maybe I might get a couple bets in on against C9 and Mad in particular. Yeah. I don't think PSG looked awesome, but I think their odds are. I kind of view those three teams as pretty similar. I think Mad I and Cloud Nine are better, but they're pretty similar as far as strength. Yeah, I don't even know if they are better to be honest with you. Like, it's it's tough to tell because we don't have that big a sample size, obviously. But like, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like. It's easy to look at form from group stage, but would it surprise anybody to see like a little regression one way or the other, like for any of these three, really any of these, any of these teams, period. Like, I think almost for sure those three teams are going to trade wins around a lot. 
I do. Too. I don't think we're going to see like a lot of sweeps out of those in there. In there, I think there's going to be a lot of one and ones between those those three teams. Yeah, Josh, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, this is just going to be a popcorn game, I think, for me. I don't really want to want to place any bets on this. I one. do think the line's right. I think it's about like where it should be. Probably, I do think men are better over, overall, but again, nothing would really surprise me. Uh, maybe that's just take cloud nine then. I don't know. They look really good right now, but we'll see. Um, Pentanet. I'm interested to see if that moves. Like, are people going to start backing cloud nine now? Cause that's not too far. Like that opened roughly the same spot on Wednesday. So that hasn't been beat down or anything yet. Like, I wonder if that moves closer to game time, like maybe Thursday night, Friday morning, people start pounding one way or the other. I would guess people like Mad Lions more. They looked a lot more decisive in their wins for them, except for the the one. So, if I was going to bet it. I think I would bet Mad, but I think it's popcorn for me. Yeah, Penson at plus seven sixty one against RNG. Yikes! Plus like fifteen spread. What are we looking at here? Uh, thirteen and a half is the biggest spread I've seen this season. So. You just like close your nose special. Just take the plus thirteen and a half. Like, I mean, RNG have been like completely destroying everything, and they've already beaten this team four times. So, I'm pretty sure they covered the spread every single time too. Or no, the the one game they didn't. But it yeah, I'm not even sure if I want to bet it at thirteen and a half. That's I'm, the I'm, sad part. I'm I'm going to, and I'm just going to hate it. I I have to like. Such a small percentage of games end with that kind of blowout that you, you kind of just have to. I don't know. Damn one minus 303. Cloud9 plus 212. Action came down. It's 80 cents down from where it was uh, on, what was it, uh, Monday they played? They were plus 270-something two, two or 290-something. Two, it was 290 to open, 270 I think was the second time, right, or 250. Yeah, they're they're getting a little bit more respect now, which I don't like. Now I just don't want to mess with it. Kill spread in that one is seven and a half. I don't know that that seven and a half is like kind of a, a key number as much as we have those in League of Legends. So uh, probably a no bet from me. Maybe overs, like neutral overs. Time overs could be all right in that game and yeah, neutral overs. Thirty one at plus one fourteen. I like that a lot. Um, Mad Lions plus two thirty six. RNG minus three thirty three. Similar. I went ahead and pick of the week to this, and I gotta say I'm I'm just not excited about any money lines, and I'm yeah. trying to make money lines. <laughs> this was like I think my favorite spot for money lines, or at least the, among my favorite spots. I feel like Mad Lions could win this game, and and two thirty six is a pretty large yeah. number. Do, do we uh, think there's any kind of angle to RNG haven't been tested at all, and they are gonna a little have bit to of finally, an angle? I mean, like they're gonna have, finally have to face some. Like they played damn well on day one. The problem is they beat they beat EDG and FPX and like a bunch yeah. of teams that are better than anyone that's at this tournament except for maybe Damwon. Yeah. So they, they've been tested really. I, I don't know. I I, I just I, I just thought I'd mention it. I agree with you. I just think that like th- there's maybe something there to consider, like a little shock, like getting back to the good, like maybe the first game, and then they're then they're back. You know, they'll be fine after that. But that's another edge for Damwon in that spot, by the way. You know, you could argue that they were tested more in their group. So, uh, yeah, they they lost games at all in their group. So, and probably should have lost two. Um, 
Cloud9 minus 175, Paris Saint Germain Talon plus 131. I'm probably going to be on Talon here. Yeah, I think so too. I hate to index back into it. Yeah, I know. Since we're already Talon indexed, but uh, I do kind of like. I like Talon against C9 and Mad first time around, uh, and I'm going to kind of try to get a feel for that. I'm not going to pre bet it like I did last time, yeah, I don't think, though. I'm I kind of st- want to see these ones. I'm starting to think I might just take Cloud9 against Mad on Friday, too. I don't think I'm going to be taking Mad in that spot. If I do bet that game, it'll be Cloud9. But I think in this game, I, I am going to take Talon. Because like you said, like I kind of am treating these three teams as equals, and maybe I'll look like an idiot for doing that after this tournament. But, um, yeah. Give me Talon here. Uh, Pentanet plus 769, Damwon minus 2,000. Just the kill spread. Damwon are going to... I do like the Pentanet kill spread in this yeah. game. I think there's like a very good chance that Damwon just macros this game and just wins like six to two, or like six to one, or something like that, and just macros it out. They're just gonna, they're just gonna damn one. That's just what they do. That's what this team does. Uh, da, 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 da. I think it's twelve and a half. I gotta. So let me check it out right now. Uh, Twelve and a half is pretty good. That actually feels like uh, I think I honestly actually, anything double digits take it. I might just make that pick of the week if you. Know, I'll change my pick of the week because yeah. I don't like the money lines at all. I tried to find a decent one, but I'm going to make that pick of the week. Right, What's me, the odds? Let me let me actually pull that real fast. Pentanet and Damwon. Where would you go? There's Pentanet RNG, Pentanet Mid, Pentanet Cloud Nine. There it is. Oh, this actually came down a bit. It's only plus five sixty three now. Twelve and a half is the spread. Yeah, just take just close your nose special. Just take pen and net and Is it even odds or minus something? Uh, it's minus one twenty. Uh plus eleven and a half at minus one oh three. I would do that over the twelve and a half. Yeah, I would do that. Honestly, you could do ten and a half at plus one plus one sixteen, that's not bad either, but I'm gonna take the eleven and a half as my pick of the week. Okay. Um eleven and a half at minus one oh three. Just write that down so I remember. Um, Mad minus one seventy two, Paris Saint Germain plus one twenty nine. Uh, again, like I'm probably just going to be on the dog every time between these two, like between these three teams. Yeah, to kind of clarify what I said earlier, like I'm not betting the second round robin version of these matchups between Mad and Paris Saint Germain and C nine and Paris Saint Germain. I'm going to bet PSG in both. And then I want to actually watch the games on yeah. those two before I bet the second round robin. Normally, I would just bet both round robins right away if I was confident about the lines. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and watch these ones. Yeah. What do you think on this one, Josh? Same idea, or are you are you gonna be on med here? I I I think there is a decent gap between these two. So uh, I know I haven't said much about it, but yeah, I I kind of feel like there is a gap. Uh, PSG, like I said, I, they just didn't impress me as much, um, and this could just be, you know. Me being completely off base, but I thought there was a decent enough gap. I, I kind of agree with John that I don't feel great about these money lines. I feel opposite in that I think the, the, the bettable ones are the 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 PSG or the the ones against PSG for okay. C nine and Mad. That makes sense. Um, Cloud nine minus five fifty six against Pentanet plus three fifty two. This is shitty. Yeah, it's just bad, man. <laughs> the, the lines like, are just tough. Uh, Kill spreads eight and a half. I would honestly probably lay the eight and a half with Cloud Nine. I think, and I don't do that very often in league. I'm honestly, I might take like 
I don't know. I, I kind of think Penn and Ed are just going to get destroyed in this stage. I think the magic's over. I know we've seen Aldis Knox Luna before, but I, I, I think, I think the dream dies a pretty cold and bloody death in this one. I agree. Unfortunately, um, under twelve and a half towers, probably under four and a half drag. Uh, maybe not. I'll take the towers for sure, but maybe not dragons. Uh, it's big chalk, but this is one of the spots I do like it. RNG minus 500 Paris St. Germain plus 318. Josh, I'm interested on this one. Like, do, do you think – so you you think there's a bigger gap between Mad and Cloud9 and Paris St. Germain, which I could see. Makes sense. Uh, how big – is this too much between, like, RNG, like the next step up? Or do you think this is about right? Yeah, I, so I, I, I just, like, generally have a problem with betting this big of a money line for a favorite in, like, yeah. any game, regardless of what I perceive to be the skill gap being. So I wouldn't take this. But yeah, I do. Th- I mean, I I think there is a substantial gap between all those teams that we just mentioned. Okay. Um, so yeah, for me, there's a a pretty decent sized gap there. Kill spreads ten and a half in this one as well. Think talent keep it competitive at all? RNG is not really a team I want to bet spreads against. I don't think like yeah. underdog spreads because I feel like RNG they, does they run do it up. Just, they do just smash you, right? Especially when they have a game when they know they're going to win they're a team that, that will then play even more flippant. Like, they might play a little tighter in the early game, but if they get a 5,000 gold lead at 15 minutes, oh, they yeah, start they'll, going they'll wild. start going for stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We, saw, we actually see, saw them almost almost throw one away, but, yeah. Um, the opponents were just not good enough. Damn well, minus 385, Mad plus 261. Enticing money line there for Mad Lions if you're interested. It's another classic spot where I'd rather bet against RNG than bet against Damwon, even if I think RNG is as good as Damwon. I'd rather bet against RNG, so I probably won't bet the dogs against Damwon unless it's some sort of spread or uh, time totals of some kind or something. Let's see. Kill. I'm going to be on mad kill spreads in this one as soon as... Uh, eight and a half, yeah. I'll probably take some mad. I, I don't know, man. There... <laughs> I just am worried about, like, Mad doing these stupid, like, opening 10-minute sequences against good teams that aren't going to give that back to you. Like, that that's what I'm worried about, right? If they don't do that, they can beat this team straight up. But, like, I also feel like with Damwon and to, like, uh, to, to RNG to some extent, too, maybe a slightly lesser extent, but, like, you just can't give this team an advantage. They'll just grind you to a pulp with it. Like that, like you can beat them if you jump. It's hard enough beating them when you jump out to a lead on them. How many, how many comeback games have we seen with this team? They're so good with a deficit. Like you give them a lead. It's just like lights out most of the time. Um, that's the end of the first round Robin, isn't it? I think that's the end of the first round Robin. So we're not going to go through every single one of the rest of these games because it's just the round Robin. The numbers are essentially the same. They're not literally the same just because of side selection and all, but um, for all intents and purposes, they are the same numbers and lines. So take from what we just talked about with the first round, Robin, and, you know, apply it to the rest of these picks. You know, maybe, you know, inject your own opinion uh, or, you know, whichever you want to do. That's where we're at on these. Um, this should be interesting. I think, like, I'm really looking at, like, those top-tier matchups because I, I really do think it does suck that Pentanet is is kind of – I don't know. Whoever came out second in that group is just going to get shellacked in this stage, I think. Like, really, no matter. Unless, like, somebody looked particularly great. But Unicorns and 
Pantanet both didn't look particularly good. They just happened. One of them had to get out kind of situation. And uh, so that part of it's going to be a little bit less interesting. But uh, the rest of these games, I think, from a betting perspective, actually will be interesting. Because I think we're going to kind of see like a lot of different derivative markets that are going to be interesting for these. The money lines are, are very, very tough. Like... There's just not a whole lot going on here. There's a couple you can pick and choose your spots with, and that's about it. Um, the DFS slates for this, we didn't really spend too much time on this. Have they have they released slates for this yet? Yeah, unfortunately, they're the multiplay slates where they're, they're going to do the whole day, and you have to take a team for the whole day. And that pretty much just makes it come down to, like, who do you think is going to win both of their games? More so than, like, which games do you think are going to be higher scoring? You pretty much just have to take teams that you think are going to win twice because yeah, on average a team that's going to win twice regardless score of score better they score is going to score better yeah there so. are some close calls like the very first slate i already have looked over and stuff and cloud nine in a one and one uh, like if they win one and lose one is looking to score about the same as damn one and a two zero yeah i can so see that i can see you, that playing against madden rng for sure so you could sometimes like you know make make a, a call like that and go you know I think Cloud Nine might just have better scoring here but for the most part it's kind of boring and you're just taking the teams that you think are going to win both their games so whoever's playing Pentanet and then has a reasonable match as their other match basically is what you're doing every day so you just like have to fade that game in, in GPPs right I, I mean I think it's pretty impossible not to play the team that's playing against Pentanet and everything that you do like okay. <laughs> as long as their Come other match the best you can do is try to is try to fade it in a big, huge field GPP. But even if it's like a hundred person, I think you're better off playing the obvious team who's playing against Pentanet and then playing a weird secondary team that's rather than fading better. the team that's that's playing the Pentanet game. So it feels it feels lazy just hoping Pentanet steal a game at some point. You can also just play right. both teams that are playing against Pentanet. So <laughs> I mean, two teams are going to play against them every day. So I mean, yeah, that, I saw like the 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 hope Pentanet takes a game strategy is just lazy, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're yeah. gonna win a game. And... <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so sad. You remember back in the day where you could just do that, and it was that easy. <laughs> you could just like, oh yeah, you know, as long as I hit one of these a month, we'll be good. Like that's hit <laughs> <laughs> the same game anymore. Uh, pick of the week. Last week we bricked. <laughs> uh, so Josh and Chris hit half of their pick of the weeks. I. I all right, so I'll clarify. We did Josh pick would have week, made a bunch of money. Yeah, so we we pick of the week the first games because we didn't. We, we probably should have clarified in hindsight. I'll, well, I had a specific I'm, reasoning for mine too. So which mine's was an L. Oh, which was oh, okay. You had a specific was first, reason for the first day. Okay, yeah, because I I'll said have first to ask day. Chris, but like, I, I wrote these. Chris down. would have lost like a whole house from betting his if yeah. he had to bet every one of them. So, uh, so I, I wrote down that like you you did hit. On these, like Chris hit two of the Pentanet wins against Unicorns of Love, which would oh, yeah, profit no, was... if you bet all of them. Yeah, you would have been up two point one four units, right? And Josh, you did hit the second Cloud Nine. You went back to the well and got rewarded. And you would have been up, you know, one point one, you know, whatever it was, one point seven or whatever the money line was the second time around. So you had a specific reason you said for for the first one. So I think I'll give you the L. I'm probably just going to give Chris the L too, but like. I was thinking about maybe just marking these. As Chris, a Chris deserves the dubs. Give Chris the did, dubs. Chris did we'll say he was going to play. I thought he did say he was going to play Pentanet against UOL. I'll have to ask him. Yeah. I'll, just I'll, give Chris the dubs. And we'll I'll leave this. I'll leave this blank. I'll leave this blank for now. Um, 
I didn't even put these into the bigger sheet. I didn't grade it for the year. So I'll, I'll recap our pick of the weeks next week because um, I know I haven't done that the last, like, show, maybe two shows, like, to keep up on our results. I put it in the podcast notes every week, but I just didn't put it up for this one. So uh, pick of the week this week. Um, I didn't do one yet, so John. I'm going to take Pentanet plus 11.5 against Dam one uh, at minus 103. Literally not even giving Pentanet almost any chance to win and just – just basing this on the Damwon beats them so fast that 11.5 kills is enough mm-hmm. to swing the spread is, is basically the reason for the bet, and I do think it's a really good bet. Josh, I got to pick mine still. Yeah, I went with uh, C9 against RNG. I got a better number at Bovada right now. They're plus 305, so that's I good. put that one down because okay, I want the better number. I know I said a bunch of things that I liked, and I just don't remember any of them. <laughs> I mean, I could plant my flag and take damn one over RNG. Just for the takes, you know. But I, realistically, I think it's one of them kill spreads. Uh, probably, like, Cloud9 against RNG. Eh, I think PSG against damn one. Let me pull that one up real fast. This one scares the shit out of me because, like, I, I really do think Dan Wan just could just come out and just blow everybody out of the water, and we're all going to look really stupid after the first week back at this. Um, let's take. I think the Cloud Nine one was bigger, right? Cloud Nine against Dan Wan. No, it wasn't. So Paris Saint Germain is plus eight and a half. What was the other one? You got the one I wanted. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll just do damn one straight up against RNG at uh, minus one eleven, and then uh, Chris didn't leave us one, but we'll catch back up with him next week. It's no big deal. Um, listener, listener, pick of the week. Yeah, I forgot it last week. Um, so I won't grade it either way, just because I forgot it. Uh. <laughs> I'm just going to coin flip this real fast. Go ahead. Evens, evens is top, odds is bottom. Odds is bottom. So, uh, Big Kev, RNG going against me. RNG minus 110 against Dan one. So, uh, this is minus 120 at a lot of spots now. So, uh, I think Bovada has it even money. but Or it's split 110s. Is it split 110s between those two? I think that's, that's what I saw earlier, I think. Something like that, right? Or minus 110, minus 120, something like that. E- either way, we'll, I'll give you minus 110 on it. It's just a heads up. So um, that will be the pick of the week for the listeners. Uh, you guys have anything else? I got a sign-off for this week. Yeah, just a quick it. one. Uh, it's piggybacking off of a post by Bales like about a week ago. Who Bales is just a guy that you should be following and listening to. He's just a very smart guy who, who has a lot of very interesting ideas. But he, he put one up, uh, every once in a while he puts one up that really resonates with me, and I, I piggyback on it and post something myself. And this one was, find people who are good at things and listen to them. It's it's a skill that's that people are not very good at. And I think right now, there's a lot of money to be made in, in our space in a lot of different places, whether it's crypto, whether it's investing, whether it's DFS, whether it's betting. There's a lot of money to be made if you can find people who know what they're talking about and listen, and listen to them. And I have been the esports guy that people listen to for other people before who would come to me and just say, let me know what, what's good and I'm going to just do it. And I've given people huge futures and given people, you know, great bets. 
And I have people that I go to, and I'm trying to get better at finding more people who are experts at something that I can go to. I'm always like very uh, roll my eyes when I see some guy on Twitter who like gives out picks or whatever, and he gives out like seven sports worth of picks. I always roll my eyes so hard. It's so hard to be elite at betting any one sport that it's absurd that some guy on Twitter is giving out seven sports worth of picks. Yeah. Find one guy who's excellent at, at what he does, and it's usually going to be one, maybe two things that the person is going to be excellent at and listen to them. Um, I spent a few weeks looking around crypto Twitter when I decided I wanted to invest in crypto, and I first followed like 200 people, and now I have like four. Yeah. And those four guys are, in my opinion, the best guys that I've found to listen to about crypto. Yeah. And so I'm going to listen to them. When I see them mention something, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. You can do the same thing for this. Find a guy who really knows baseball and just say, tell me what's going on. What am I betting in baseball? It's not shameful. A lot of people like view it as shameful. Like, I'm not smart if I can't bet. Yeah. What, how the fuck am I going to bet baseball? Yeah. I spend 300 hours a week trying to figure out what's going on in League of Legends. I don't have time to figure out what the fuck is happening in hockey. I don't know fucking anything about it. So find, find people who know what they're talking about. And it's not just in betting and stuff either. If you're going in to start a new business, find someone who knows about accounting and talk to them. Find, you know, there's all, all these different things. Don't, don't feel like you have to do everything yourself or, you know, you think of yourself as a super genius and somehow you're not a super genius if you have to ask other people's opinions. Yeah. Just be really good at what you're good at. Let other people help you out with stuff you're not great at. Kind of kind add, kind of adding on to that is like, just don't try to wear too many hats. I think people enjoy like I'm not saying don't be well-rounded because it is important to kind of test yourself in that way like in different aspects of your life like you want to be doing lots of different things when you can you know it sounds a little weird coming from someone as obsessive as myself but like in general you do want to try to you know test your skills in different ways but like you said don't don't be afraid to ask questions like I think so many so many people are like I don't know if this is just like a macho thing or a masculine thing that like people don't want they're afraid to like be wrong that's another thing like people are afraid to be wrong about stuff like if you don't know something just ask people are afraid not to be an expert and you know how hard it is to be an expert it's like people want to be an expert about everything you can have opinions on some stuff there's like very few things in the world i'm an expert about i have opinions of to some degree or another on lots of things but there's very few where like i am a definitive person that you should be asking what the answer is you know yeah um yeah just try not i think just in general that's good that's good life advice like even even relationships or you know doing new things traveling to new spots just ask someone it's not like it doesn't take that much effort and the other person will feel better for helping you too there's also there's equity all around right um yeah uh josh you got anything or are we we just ready to get out of here josh is on the tft grind right now yeah i got <laughs> I, got, I got some lp to get back boys let's get out of here all right, so that's going to be it for us this week. Enjoy the second round of MSI, which starts Friday. We didn't even mention that. It starts up on Friday morning, so uh, I'm going to try to have this out later tonight or tomorrow afternoon, and we'll be good to go for this, and we will see you all next week. See you later, gents. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.